0: In the town of the Baal Shem Tov, in Mezhibuz, there was a wealthy Jew, whose name was Reb Meir, who wasn't a chassid, and had nothing to do with the Baal Shem Tov, and made sure not to have anything to do with the Baal Shem Tov. And one day he says to himself, you know, I built a shul, I give a lot of tzedakah, I learned Torah, what should I do with all this wealth that Hashem has blessed me with? And he decided to write the perfect Sefer Torah, the perfect Torah scroll. And how would he do this? He would take care of all the details of making sure the finest Sefer Torah that was ever written would be written with his money and under his supervision. So he started off by buying all of the cows whose skins would be used as the parchment for the scroll. And he hired a God-fearing Shochet, a butcher, who before he slaughtered each of the cows, first went to the mikveh and said the entire book of Tehillim of Psalms. And then one by one, shechted the cows. All of the meat was distributed to the poor people in Mezhibuz. And then the hides were sent to a tanner, who prepared them to be used for the Sefer Torah. And the tanner as well was very carefully chosen. Only somebody who truly feared Hashem, and took the mitzvot very seriously, and went to the mikveh before each parchment was prepared. And next, Reb Meir interviewed all of the sofrim, all of the scribes. And people came from far away and he checked their character, and their learning, and their family, and their writing. And in the end, he settled on a sofa. and he told them, there's no time limit to the amount of time you can take to write this Sefer Torah. I want the finest Sefer Torah ever written to be written by you, and I handpicked you amongst hundreds of suffering who came to be interviewed for this job. I will pay you a weekly salary and support you and your family for as long as it takes to complete the job. Take your time, and before every column... I want you to go to the mikvah. Make sure your thoughts are clean and pure. And if you need to take a break, take a break and come back the next day and start again. And so the scribe agreed, became an employee of Reb Mayer, and he worked on this Sefer Torah for eight years. Now just to put things in perspective for you, my sweetest friends, normally it would take around a year, maximum two years to write a Sefer Torah. So if it took a highly experienced sofer, eight years, it was a very special Sefer Torah. And when it was finished, Reb Meir went to the finest carpenter and had him make the poles and the handles and the holders for the Sefer Torah. And again, he only wanted somebody who truly took the mitzvot seriously and went to the mikveh and purified himself. And after the Sefer Torah was finished and he had a beautiful cover made for it as well, he invited most of the city of Mejibuz to come and share in the Akhnasat Sefer Torah, in the bringing of the Sefer Torah, into Reb Meir's shul. And he was going to have a huge feast. And he hired a caterer and waiters. And he also hired Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer. Now Chaim was a very simple Jew. He couldn't even really read. But he memorized all of Tehillim. And he would be invited to events to sit there and recite Tehillim by heart. And people paid him a little bit and considered it an honor to have this simple, pure soul, Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer, sit there and say Tehillim for them. And as a result, he became very popular. And he started saying to Tehillim all the time. Whenever he was awake, he would be saying to Tehillim. And in between jobs, he was water carrier. And as he was carrying the water, he would also say Tehillim. So Reb Meir hired Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer and water carrier, to say to Tehillim, carry some water and be one of the waiters. He would serve all the drinks and he would wash everyone's hands. And so the party began in late afternoon. And When everybody arrived... They davened Arvit, the evening prayer, and then started serving the hors d'oeuvres, the first dishes, and the drinks were served. And Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer, he was going around serving the first meal and serving the drinks, and everybody was in such a good mood. Everyone was saying to Chaim, Chaim, say ala Chaim. And so he would raise his wine glass and have a little drink with them. And eventually, everybody got up and went to the main room for the main meal. And there was a feeling of true joy in this hall. Eight years of working on the Sefer Torah. Eight years, the amount of work and effort and money that went into it. And now it was finally reaching a peak with this special meal. And as everybody sat down and waited for the water to be provided for washing their hands, no one could find Chaim. Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer, and the water carrier. Everyone looked around, they couldn't find him anywhere. And Reb was getting a little upset. Said, you know, I hired Chaim to pour the water for everybody's hands. Where is he? And eventually, after going from room to room, we finally found him curled up in the cloakroom, sleeping, drunk from all the wine that he had drinking. mayor gives him a little kick, and he says, Hey, Chaim, what are you doing drunk here on the floor? What kind of chutzpah is this? But Chaim was so drunk, he could barely open his eyes. He opens up one eye, and he sees mayor, and he says, "Um, uh," goes back to sleep. Mayor Mayer starts to shake him, he says, you're drunk, you drank my wine and liquor, and you're not here to serve the people and to bring the water like I hired you for? You should have stayed at home. What did you even come here for? All of my guests are waiting at the table to start eating this huge meal, and you're sleeping here on the floor? And then the mayor got even angrier, and his voice got louder and louder, and he grabbed Chaim and started dragging him into the main hall. Being dragged on the floor, Chaim woke up, and he said to Mayor, I'm so sorry, I don't normally drink, and the wine that I drink is nothing like the wine that you served at this party. I mean, this wine is really strong, and those schnapps that I had, they're really good. I never had anything like that in my life. I didn't know I was going to get drunk. Before I knew it, I fell asleep. Please, Mayor, you're embarrassing me in front of all these people. I promise you, I'm awake. I'll do my job as a waiter and deliver all the water. And so Meir sat down at the table and told everyone, don't worry, everything is fine. The water's coming. The food is coming. I've taken care of everything. And so Chaim is going around serving the water, making sure that everybody can wash their hands and serving the food. And then one of the servants comes over to Meir and says, sir, an important person is waiting for you outside. He says he won't keep you long, but it's very urgent and you need to come and see him. And so, Mayor gets up and follows the servant outside. And he sees that there's a distinguished stranger standing in front of a beautiful carriage. And the stranger says, Reb Mayor, please, come for a moment into my carriage and sit down. And Mayor points back to the hall and he says, don't you see? I've got a party going on here. For eight years we worked on the Sefer Torah. I don't have time to sit in your carriage and talk with you. And the distinguished stranger, he says, please, it'll just take a second. So Mayer sits down in the carriage, but he's got one foot out the door, ready to jump out because he wants to get back to the party. Before he knows it, his leg is pushed into the carriage, and the door is slammed closed. And Mayer, he gets very angry, and he kicks the door open. But then he realizes that he's nowhere near the hall. He doesn't hear the party anymore. He's actually very far from home, deep in the woods. And he was just in his indoor clothes, and it was cold outside. And then he looks, and the carriage is gone. And he has no idea where he is and what happened to him. Because he's so cold, he's looking around for a shelter. And in the distance, he sees a light. So Mayor starts walking through the forest. And as he gets closer, he sees that it's a magnificent palace, that the woods were cleared all around it. And this beautiful structure is standing there lit up with candles and he opens the front door and starts walking in and eventually he sees the hallway leads to a huge room and in the back of the room there's a fireplace so mayor goes over and starts warming himself up and even though there was a long table there and lots of people were sitting at the table nobody paid any attention to And eventually, from the other side of the room, an old man with a long white beard comes walking in. And the people sitting at the table, they say, Shalom Aleichem, Avraham Avinu, peace unto you, our father Avraham. Meir looks over and says, Avraham Avinu? And then the door opens again, and another person comes walking out. And everyone says, Shalom Aleichem, Yitzchak Avinu, welcome, our father Yitzchak. And then welcome, Yaakov Avinu, our father Yaakov. And all of the guests came in one by one, and all these distinguished guests came in. They sat down at the head of the table. And then the last guest comes in looking very distinguished. And he says, I want to bring a case against that man over there standing by the fireplace. And then everyone at the table turns to Reb Mayer. Reb Mayer is shocked. Everybody's now looking at him. Everyone paid attention to him. And the distinguished man at the head of the table, he says, This person shamed Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer, in public. I demand that he pay for shaming my holy psalm sayer, who has the power to abolish evil decrees, to heal the sick and help troubled souls. That man over there, he embarrassed my Chaim. And everybody at the table said, Yep, 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 he needs to be judged for that. Absolutely. He needs to pay for embarrassing Chaim. And they were quickly arguing amongst each other at the table, and then they decided the death penalty for Reb Meir. Reb Meir could barely swallow. He was shocked. Death penalty? What did I do? And then the person who had brought the accusation, was King David himself, the compiler of Tehillim, he says, one moment, what's the purpose of having a judgment if he dies? I mean, he doesn't get a chance to do tshuva. Wouldn't it be better if we let him go back to the party and apologize in public for embarrassing Chaim, the Tehillim Sayer? Let him tell everyone how important it is to say Tehillim. Wouldn't that be a better punishment for him? Wouldn't that be better than killing him? I mean, Truva, that's what he's there for. And then another guest stands up from the table, and all eyes go to him. And he says, yes, King David, your suggestion is wise. But I have a problem with Meir as well. You see, Meir lives in my town, in Mezhibuz. And he has never once visited me or even invited me to his Torah celebration. If we allow him to leave this place and go back to the party, it's only on the condition that he also do tshuva and not seeing me. And of course, that was the Holy Baal Shem Tov, who lived in Mezhibuz. There amongst Avraham... Yitzchak and Yaakov, our forefathers, and King David was the holy Baal Shem Tov himself. And so everybody said, okay, we agreed to send Mayor back. Before Meir knew it, he was still standing by the fireplace in shock with everything that happened. He was picked up by two servants and placed back in the carriage. And Mayor doesn't really understand what's going on. And once again, the door is closed and he quickly opens it. Just a second later, and he's right back at the party. And it felt like he had been there for hours and hours, maybe even a whole day. But when Mayer got out of the carriage, he was at exactly the same point that he had left the party at. No time had passed at all. And so he walks into the party, and he tells everyone, Please, continue. I'll be back in a minute. I have to take care of some business. And of course, Mayer knew where the Baal Shemtov was. And he ran over to the baal shem tov shul, and he sees the baal shem tov there, and the baal shem tov looks up and says to mayor, "Nu." Mayor says, "Hey, the Rebbe, I'm so sorry. All these years we've been in the same town, and I never came to you once. So now I'm fulfilling my promise. Please, rebbe, will you come to the achnazatz for Torah? Will you come to the Torah celebration party?" The baal shem tov said, "Yes, I'll be there very soon." In the meantime, mayor comes back to the party, and he quiets everyone down. And just as he's about to speak, the Baal Shemta walks in the door and Mayor gives him the seat of honor at the head of the table. And he says, Everybody, I have to tell you something. He says, Chaim, come over here, please. And Chaim is trembling and Mayor says, I promise you, it's nothing, nothing to worry about. Please come over here, Chaim. Mayor puts his arm around Chaim. He says, Chaim, I apologize for embarrassing you. I didn't realize how holy you were and how important saying psalms were. Everyone should know that we're very blessed to have Chaim here. And he gives Chaim a kiss on the forehead. And then he starts to tell everyone the story about how he went outside. and felt like hours and hours, but it had just been a couple of seconds, and that he had never invited the Ba'al Shem Tov, and that's why the Heliga Bal Shemtov was sitting there. And the Bal Shemtov lifted up his glass and said Al Chaim with Meir and Chaim and everyone there. And it was then that Mayer understood. The reason that he wanted to write the Sefer Torah was to be able to do tshuva on the way that he treated other people in his own hometown. And even though he thought he was writing the finest Sefer Torah, the act of writing the Sefer Torah was actually helping Mayer become his finest self. I know that was a long story, and I just feel like I need to tell one more short story. Just one more, because I get this beautiful message from this sweet girl who said to me that she can't wait for more stories, and can I tell two stories at a time? So here's one more short story for you. Late one Friday night, the inner circle, the Hevraya Kadisha of the Maggid of Mezrich, were getting together to reconstruct from memory the latest teaching of the Magid. And one of the greatest chassidim of that inner circle, Rebbe Aaron of Karlin, who became the Karlina Rebbe, was sitting alone in his room at the time, whispering something. And then there was a knock at the door. And when they opened the door, they saw a messenger from the Maggid of Mezrich. And the messenger asked the inner circle of chassidim there, Is Rebbe Aaron here? Is he somewhere here? And they said, Yeah, he's in the other room there, quietly whispering something. So the messenger says, the Rebbe said he should stop saying the Song of Songs, Shir Shirim, because with his song of songs, he's making such a mehuma, such a tumult in the spiritual worlds above, that the Maggid, the Rebbe, he can't sleep. And when Reb Hillel Parich would tell the story, he had tears streaming from his eyes. Because he said, From this we can learn how great the Maggid of Masrich was. Even though Reb Aaron of Karlin saying the Song of Songs set the supernal worlds on fire. The way the Maggid of Mezrich served Hashem while he was sleeping was even greater. The Maggid sleeping was higher than the Carlina Rebbe saying Shira Shirim. So thank you for listening, my sweetest friends. Just had to add that one more story. Mamish blows my mind. Love that story. And I want to thank Reb Daniel in Seattle, Washington, for finally getting in touch with me. Thank you to you and your roommate for listening every hour of Shabbos and for becoming contributors to the podcast and to all the listeners and all the contributors and all of your families and friends. Thank you for listening. I know many people have told me that they retell the stories, so please keep telling the stories and listening to the stories. May you have a beautiful Shabbos. Zai